touch that dial. This is the morning shift. All of them are really, really hot on Sports Radio 929 The Game. <laughs> Good morning again. It's seven o'clock. Uh, this hour brought to you by Zero Res. Smart, lasting, clean. Okay, I'm well, gonna, we got to put it out. There. All right. All right. You're gotta looking at me okay. like I'm going to out right. you. I'm going to let you out. I'm going to out myself. Talk about how you put somebody in timeout. So the beauty of Instagram is that there's um, the restrict option, and you can restrict somebody. It keeps them from. They'll never know they've been restricted. So basically, if if someone wants to comment under a photo of mine, um, I have to approve it. If they send me a message, it now gets kicked to the request section. So they'll never know whether I saw it or not because it won't be marked as seen. This is how Instagram works. It's like the mute button on Twitter. Yes. So I have a very good – I have a good friend. And we were laughing about it because, fine, I'm a terrible person. They send a message to basically any story that I post. It could be probably a flipping leaf, and they're going to respond to it. Well, I get tired of seeing icons. I hate an icon. You don't like the badges. I hate a group shot or a group chat. So I'm like, you know what? I just put a close friend in the request section. Put her in timeout. I, I restricted her. Yeah. Just for a little period of time. She'll never know. Sorry, A-Town. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not Allison. It is not Allison. Um, so, yeah, she's in the request section for a little bit. She'll never know. If she comments on something, I'll approve it. But she won't know that I've seen the message. Well, listen, me and you have a lot in common over the last 24 hours. Last night, yeah, my normal. three-year-old had to go into timeout. So there's that. You know what I mean? <laughs> what kind of the your... same thing, right? So, <laughs> okay, what did your yeah, three-year-old uh, do? Listen, he just he talks back a little too much. Says the, the, the word no a lot. Doesn't want to eat his food. Uh, so it's just no to, like, I, or is it talking when you back? Tell like... him, right. Tell him to do something. Hey, don't say, hey, you need to go upstairs. No. I'm like, hey, we're going to learn not to say no. You know, I, I'm not a gentle parent, but I'm definitely one that gives you like two or three times. Okay. And when I'm like, hey, don't don't say no when dad tells you to do something. No. No, dad. I'm like, oh, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> hey, what? Hey. So then he goes in timeout, which his timeout is on the staircase. Okay. You know, he sits on the third stair because I don't want to give him a timeout for a place that he needs to be and spend time in. So the staircase is a logical spot. So you know is he mean? just ha- he just has to sit there. He has to sit there until, until, until dad's ready or mom's ready to pull him out of timeout, which usually is whenever he gets done, you know, crying. So is it um, is it hitting home for him? Is he realizing? He's three. That's what so, I was wondering. So is no, it? no, he's three. Like nobody, pre- listen, we go down this all day. Nobody prepped me for having a three-year-old. Nobody prepped me. Everybody calls it the terrible twos, dude. Three-year-olds are crazy. I mean, he is. He is a straight up just. He's crazy. He's I've a ninja, seen, man. I've seen he, kids. Ooh, he's nuts. Yeah. I, it, I will take back my uh, offer to babysit. Yeah, you don't want the smoke right it's now. It's sure. It's funny. You put your kid in timeout yesterday. You put a friend in timeout. I was racing yesterday, and Amy came downstairs and started messing with my phone. I'm like, I had to set you put up Amy on. in timeout. No, no. Oh, kind of. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, so I had my, I had my, so we 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 Facetime each other when we do our racing league, and I had a one of those, what do you call them, uh, those selfie stick things to stand, and I had it set it up so I tripod. Could, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> standing there, and Amy goes, "What are you doing?" And I go, "That's for when me and Mike and and, and Doug and Dome." I'll be honest, Tiff. I feel a little weird that he had me on a tripod yesterday. Feels a little strange. I don't know why. Let me finish my story. Okay. okay, sorry. And she so she starts messing with my phone. I'm like, stop. Like you're gonna make me wreck. I can't wreck. I'm gonna lose my I rating points. And she literally looked at me. And she's like, whatever. 
dinner will be ready in an hour and walked upstairs and I felt like a little kid. I was like, did she just oh. she just oh, tell she me that I was pretty much yeah. she put you in your place. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I agree with Tiff. That's you, you probably deserved it. No, I so. did. I, I felt I felt because because I'm in the basement, which is like the big playroom kind of thing. And okay, you just refer to yourself as a child. I think I am a child. You but are guess a child. what? I'm wearing clean pants and you're not. I am wearing these pants are clean. And they're really nice, actually, by the way. But anyway, that's another story. Um, maybe that could be part of the wake-up call. I don't know if anyone else out there has restricted somebody or maybe tried to ignore a close friend that keeps messaging them. You love that friend, but you don't want to respond all the time. You just don't want to do it. Okay. I feel like I got that out. Maybe you'll want to call us in the next hour to talk about the Falcons' uh, head coaching vacancy. So we do know uh, yesterday that Titans – Head coach Mike Vrabel was fired after six seasons. That decision was made by owner Amy Adams Strunk, and she was asked if she considered trading the coach instead of firing him. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks and, you know, honestly, to, to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to, to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we, we really wanted. So, okay, that was interesting. Yeah. Because basically what she said was verbal's like, nah, you ain't trading me. Didn't you say the coach had to be? Right. He's got the final say in yeah. the coach's contract. So, it's, but it's, what do they have to trade? Any? I mean, I guess future... You, you, well, we talked about this. Uh, what did we talk about this two weeks ago? Uh, that if you know the the rumors were kind of popping up about the Steelers' relationship with Mike Tomlin, and I was like, dude, I would back up every draft fit we had to bring Mike Tomlin to Atlanta. I would like like that to me. Like there are people out there you would trade for as head coaches. Okay, it, but he would have to. You. He would obviously have to sign off on it. I got I got one for you then. Bill Simmons, who I'm not a big fan of, put on Instagram last night that he thinks. The best case that what's going to happen in New England and in Atlanta is that Arthur Blank won't spell Belichick because he beat him in a Super Bowl. And so the Falcons are going to trade the eighth overall pick to New England for Bill Belichick and the 35th pick in the draft. This is what Bill Simmons said? This is what Bill Simmons is. Now, Bill Simmons has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Would you do that? (laughs) Would you trade the eighth overall pick? No. For Bill Belichick. I don't want Bill Belichick to begin with, so I definitely wouldn't trade the eighth overall pick. Now, it was funny, the back and forth I got yesterday with him being uh, included on my top five Tuesday list of head coaches that I think, you know, are, are a possibility. Um, I But I, he's going to come as a package to Josh McDaniels. I, I think the more and more you start looking at these packages, because I was also asked about Vrabel yesterday because we did the top five before that happened, and I, my problem with Vrabel was – He's probably going to want to hire Arthur Smith as his OC. Arthur Smith ain't coming back here, right? So that that you know you have to figure out how those things kind of coincide. The problem has been offense here, and so I think Bill Belichick. Look, I'm sure he'll have a great landing spot. He might even make another playoff run. But to me, I'm looking for somebody with a little more youth that's not 74 years old that can develop people right in the long term. And and, and this city needs faces on this football team. There's only been really one guy when it comes to New England has been the face when Bill Belichick was there. Now, they've had guys in and out. You've had your Bruskies and your high towers and whatever else it is, but Bill Belichick's known for just letting guys go when they hit free agency. So, I don't know, man. I, I, th- I just think that – I think this game in some ways has passed him by, and I'm not high on him. 
But I wouldn't trade draft pick for him. I wouldn't trade a draft pick probably for Vrabel and, you know, until that gets decided out. There's only like a couple of coaches. I would probably trade a draft pick for Sean McVay at this point, uh, to I be honest that's with a, you. That's but would you trade eight? I, do you think there's a coach all out All the way there? back to the 30s? No. But I, I think if you're looking at guys that have done – now, I can't say that to the full extent with um, with the Rams because he has Matthew Stafford there, a number true. of pieces on that offense. But if you do look at, you know, Vrabel, he was able to at least try – like accomplish something with not all the pieces. Sure. Like, does that make sense what I'm like kind I, of saying here? Like for, they, for me, I would point to McVay and the fact that Stafford had a decade – before he had McVay, and he didn't get it done. And now all of a sudden yes, Stafford comes into the picture for McVay, too. and you do get it done with Stafford. So, like I said, there's there's only like two or three guys in the NFL I would trade a number eight for. Uh, and and McVay and Tomlin would be one of them. Not for Vrabel. Obviously, it's not going to be an issue anymore. I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it for Belichick. I know that's going to be the thought out there. And I know that Arthur Blank is operating with a sense of urgency. Uh, and, and, and that's where this all goes back to, and I think that's what Bill Simmons was trying to say. But, man – you could really bring in a good player that's probably at this point worth more than a 74-year-old coach, right? If you get the right guy at eight or even trade up, then you you have him for the next 10 years. I don't think you could say that about Belichick. No, and right? I wouldn't disagree with that. I'm going to backtrack, too. I would trade for McVay. Um, I don't know necessarily. I would trade an eight for McVay. Right. Um, oh, Rabel, man. and what I was getting at mainly, like, okay, you, you were able to get to the AFC Championship. Granted, this was years ago with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course, you did have Derrick Henry. You also um, had Arthur and I'm Smith. Not, you also had Arthur Smith as your OC as well, if you want to point that out. I mean, I just, but, I, I just, I, I'm being a little bit of a, a, a smart aleck when I say that. But I know you are. You're what, smirking. What did he, how, many, how many winning seasons did he have without Arthur Smith? One? No, Rabel had four, what, He's two well, back-to-back losing seasons, and yeah. then he had four winning seasons. Yeah, so he had one winning season without Arthur. Here's, here, here's, here's how I feel about Rabel. I, I, honestly... I think he's a lot like Dan Campbell. Like, right? I, I think, like, when you look at the situation, the running game, the offense, if that's all to be said, I guess my point is that I, yesterday, number two on my list was Ben Johnson. He's the OC from the Lions. Give me that. I want that. I want the guy that, that's, you know, kind of pulling the strings and, and making things look good and developing quarterbacks. A lot of what's happened in Detroit has looked like what, had, what happened in Tennessee. For- you have a quarterback that Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, a lot in the same light, and you're doing more with Fine less. Right I'd rather have the guy that I'd rather have the guy that's designing that. that I guess may, is yeah. my point. Yeah. For the record, I like Mike Frable, but everything that people said they didn't like about Arthur Smith here, I'm not sure how much different Frable is. He's, he's not. Go, he's going to have more credibility. I'll tell you. That. He's got more credibility because he's because he's been a head coach and he's won. But he's coming off two losing seasons. He he wants to. Pound, pound, pound with the football and play defense, which I'm okay with, by the way. Mm. But he's also mm. he's also kind of gruffy. He's not he's not a he's not a hey you know like rah rah fun guy at the podium. Which everyone said when Dan Quinn after Dan Quinn, I don't they don't want that guy anymore. They want I don't want a football coach. They get one the kind of a rough around the edges guy. That is how no I was trying him. to describe him earlier. So it's rough on the outside, but he's, I'm not going to say he's like a big softy or something like that, yeah, but he's, a, he's like what, you know, you're chatting with him off camera. Like, I mean, Vrabel's a good, is a good dude. So, but yes, if you're talking about up there at the podium, he's not going to sugarcoat things for you. And he doesn't have to necessarily play nice. Like he'll, he's going to shoot you straight. It's going to be a different guy than yes. What you saw 
with maybe um, with as you're mentioning with the yeah. gameplay. Now, so, here's what I'll say about that. It's not about. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, there's people just want to win. I and, was going to say, and, and that's, the, that's bottom the bottom line. Nobody's going to care about the characteristics. You, you think that you think that people in New England care that Bill Belichick can, can five years ago no. was grumpy? Well, and and, no. and and that's that goes back to the whole thing where you can't be a jerk. And bad at your job at the same time. <laughs> can't be both. And well, are you talking about so media true. markets? Because I feel like <sighs> if you're looking at a Boston media market, Belichick is the perfect fit, yeah. right? Well, that's why I think Vrabel like, would be great up there too, because he yeah. knows just, how to handle that. Just worried exactly. About, just worried about winning this weekend. That's it. What do you? It. But hold on a second. What happens if when when you trade? This is a hypothetical. What happens when you trade the eighth overall pick for Belichick? You get Russell Wilson and um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Josh McDaniels here. You're you're two and five to start the year, and you know our our me. Hey, coach, uh, what what's going on with uh with Russell Wilson? We're on to uh we're on to New Orleans. Stop it. But uh, I mean, you know. By the way, our guy D led kind of went in on Arthur and his uh, column today, so. That's a, that my was best example, thing. I think I told y'all about Ray Wall was after that AFC Championship game. I asked him if he was emotional, which I later found out he was. But what did he say to me at the podium? You don't know me well enough. Right. To, he roasted me. Yeah. He straight up roasted. This person I've been like super roasted. But my instinct was 1,000% correct afterwards. And and I have a great relationship with him now. So it's just kind of funny what you get. But again, uh, different personalities. But at the end of the day, well, maybe we get Vrabel on this show every morning. So yeah, let's um, mm. let's uh, let's, good point. let's go get him. <laughs> yeah, actually, him. you know what? Yeah, actually, yeah. Now I'm in more in favor. Yeah, Raheem will do it too. Let's go get Raheem. anybody that Tiffany Blackman's uh in 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 with. Let's <laughs> yes. go higher. You hear yes. that, Arthur? Hey, Rich, I'll text you. Yeah. Go get anybody that Tiffany wants. Put them you on our show. What? All right. Let's retire Luke Keekley. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. You know what? You know what though? There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna in. take a flyer on the guy. I'm in. We could have um. The, you know, I'm. You guys can go kick rocks. I, I hate y'all. All right, we're gonna stick with the NFL talk. Uh, we'll talk about the highest viewed regular season. Uh, in NFL history. That's next. We go in the huddle on Sports Radio 99 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get your day started Go ahead. with the morning shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to huddle up. Bring it in close. Bring it in close. The latest NFL news, rumors, reports, and happenings. Within the huddle on the morning shift. Part of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason Lockhampora team up with the man who pulls no punches, Carl Dukes. They take you around the league and give you the inside scoop on the storylines that matter most and dive deep on the matchups that determine who wins and who loses. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Follow In the Huddle on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's get to this. The NFL has its highest regular season viewership since 2015. This via Austin Karp of the Sports Business Journal that the NFL enjoyed that for the first time since 2015. And also, 
the 2023 season tied with 2010 for the second best regular season on record. So overall windows and platforms, the NFL averaged 17.9 million viewers this season. That's an increase of 7% in comparison to last season. It's the best number since 18.1 million on average watched in 2015. I, I'm, I'm so curious um, about, first of all, I keep a close eye on television numbers for a lot of different reasons. Um, oh, I didn't know you really like. Well, that. well, it's not just the NFL. I mean, like a, a, a <laughs> lot general. of them. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I keep a close eye. I've, I've followed it because, obviously, as you guys know, I'm a NASCAR fan. I followed that for a long time. They just signed their new television deal that'll kick in after, after this year, uh, and brought in two new streaming partners with that one. And TNT, by the way, being one of them, right down the street from us. So that's interesting to watch. I mean, th- this is it's interesting to watch because we are seeing such a turnover in how people consume sports. Right, and, and there's such a turnover from, uh, you know, over-the-air stuff to cable to satellite now to streaming. And there's a game, by the way, first round of the playoffs that will be exclusively streaming. I don't mind it. I I, have, I cut the cord eight years ago. Right, I haven't had uh, cable or satellite for a while, but there are a lot of people that are up in arms. I think they're pulling the right strings, though, because it looks like the numbers are absolutely astronomical. I wonder, the people that are mad, it's kind of like when people were mad about um, MLB going to Apple TV. And then right. um, what was uh, Aaron Judge, right, um, trying to set the uh, new record or something? I think that was on Apple, and people were really upset about that. They wouldn't be able to see that. Um, NBC, per the report, had the most watched overall package at 21.4 million average viewers. That was the best number for NBC since 2015. CBS had 19.3 million viewers on average, and Fox had 19 million. And then it goes on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC had 17.4 million, and Amazon saw Thursday night numbers increase to 11.9 million people. And it goes on and on. But Are you ever given any context of how many people are watching you while you're doing your, your reports? Um, yes. Do you, do you, does that make it you doesn't really, nervous? No. Yeah. Um, I think because I got like my crew, both cruise for college and uh nfl just it just was comfortable so it's just like you're just talking to yeah that's cool you know like i'm opening my mic up during break hey this is what i'm seeing hey jay this guy just said this Hmm. um you guys want to do something with it let's do it when we come back from break that kind of thing um but yeah i think it finally i'd say it dawned on me though after i did the rose bowl and then those numbers were put out it was like oh wow i did a game and you know not saying at that exact moment all those people are watching my my little report, right. um, you know what I mean? Journalism. But like 20 point whatever, 1 million people had that game on. Same thing with like uh, the Fiesta Bowl, I think was like 23. Um, but it's crazy though, the NFL numbers, um, some of my colleagues have shared different things and it's wild to me, like the NFL is like king, right? And so you're averaging like almost what a big bowl game might get for a regular <laughs> season game that was always the conversation around the pro bowl crazy. right that was always the conversation around the pro bowl They're like oh the pro bowl sucks what are we gonna do with the pro bowl and it's like dude it's it's still like attracting millions just gonna millions of viewers like, and i think it was 93 of the top 100 tv spots this year in the year 2023 were nfl games it's, it's just insane. unbelievable it just uh, live sports rules um the television market man so that's that's kind of a uh, you know it's kind of the environment we're in the Chargers completed an interview with their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. That was done uh, yesterday. The Chargers um, have been talking to their offensive coordinator, trying to fill that head coaching vacancy. And, and Moore spent the first season with the Chargers in 2023, taking over the play-calling job 
in late January. So it was his sixth season as an NFL coach, his fifth season uh, calling plays. Got to spend some time talking with him um, on our Zoom call. I had the Chargers twice this season. And before Justin Herbert got hurt, he could not say enough about the communication um, that he has with Kellen Moore. And then also with uh, Easton Stick becoming right. uh, the starter. Well, he said there's no other better coach I'd rather have in that position as my offensive coordinator than Kellen Moore because he's someone that's been in his position uh, before as a, as a player. So um, I know how he's held in regards to uh, the players that he coaches. But, you know, he's in-house and – He's yeah. done well for himself, so they're going to talk to him, of course. It's an interesting interview. Did the offense I, – I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how much the offense got better if they it did under him. He is a guy that basically Dak Prescott gets out from underneath and has one of his best years of his career. And that's, that's the thing that I'm Fair looking – That's what I'm looking at if I am – looking at bringing him in as a quarterback coach or an OC or, in this case, a head head coach, I think the Chargers need to get this right well, or they're going to waste the prime of Justin Herbert or the young the young years of Justin Herbert. Hire for them. So they had the embarrassing loss last season that got them knocked out um, of trying to get into the playoffs. Right. Um, and then this year, Herbert gets hurt. So and he remember, you haven't really gotten like the – got a sample size that first year, but you didn't get it this season in his second year as the OC with the team. Yeah, and remember his – uh, Staley's first year there, they have the game where he he makes the mistake and 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 it flips the way the playoff game they had was uh, at the end of the game. And I can't remember the exact scenario, but it was something like if if he if he just goes for overtime that they they, they get this scenario and they screwed that up, and then the Raiders got a better scenario. Uh, anyways, I, I think they need an established coach, honestly. The whole Jim Harbaugh thing for me, I think Jim Harbaugh's best fit, the place that fits him the best, is the Chargers. He's got a quarterback that fits what he wants, that can move and, the and throw. Defense. The defense is ready to win right now. And by the way, we always say that, and he did, he knew how to use Colin Kaepernick when he was a coach. He knew he had to maximize what Kaepernick's skill set was. And everyone says, well, he won with Kaepernick. Yeah, what he did was is he maximized Kaepernick's skill set to fit what they were, what he wanted to do and what he could do, and they won with an elite defense. That defense had the Patrick Willis. Uh, my, um, was it you and I, Mike? That was, I was talking with somebody yesterday about Justin Smith. Oh, they God. had Alden. It was it was it was, it was a buddy was of mine like hitting they, a brick wall. They had Alden Smith. Yeah. Um, they had uh, was it uh, uh, the the gold is Deshaun uh, Goldman. Uh, goal, I think was it one of the safeties. They had Eric sure. Reed. They had a stock. They had a they lot. Had some Jesses, they had some Jesses, dude. Yeah. They had some Jesses. And that's um, what the Chargers have right well, now. Well, that's what people – that's why I guess some of my colleagues, too, have just been saying that that is one of the, or if not the most appealing job out there, just based on the pool of talent. That's why Brandon Staley doesn't have that job anymore because it's like, look at what you look at what you have, and you guys couldn't get it done. Like, yeah. Of course, starting quarterback goes down, too, but still – it just um, seems like, and, and this is funny. So we were actually feeling. talking about this during the break. It seems it seems so crazy that he is in. Like I just, I still think of him as a kid at Boise State. Uh, you know what Helen I mean? Moore. Yes, yeah. and, and and it's just so funny. Like we were talking about what the you know oldest NFL ho- head coaches are because we were talking about Bill Belichick. He's about to turn seventy four, I believe. Do y'all know he's not the oldest head coach in the NFL? Pete Who did Carroll. You pull up? Pete, yeah. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is. Pete Carroll's actually older than him. So I was looking at it going, you know, Bill, if you're going to bring him in, you get, hey, four years, five years, how long are you going to get out of him? Because, you know, he's going to be 78, 79 at the end of a deal like that. Bill, uh, I mean, uh, Pete Carroll actually now older than him. 
I would love to hire Pete Carroll. So I gotta I gotta reexamine my line of thinking. Hey, way, I guess. Pete, people are a... still doing. I watched a really crazy documentary. This is totally out of left field on centurions. Did I talk about this before? What's a centurion? Someone that like a group of people that are living like in their 100s or close to. Oh, it. I wow. thought it. I thought it was a horse, half horse, half man. That's a centaur. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was kind of with you, man. I didn't know what a centurion. But was. it was cool to see all these different pockets of people. In different parts of the world that are doing things and they're like welding and he's like 99 and hey, I'm just saying you could coach. So you're telling me is <laughs> my, Pete, my correlation is. Are you saying Pete Carroll's going to be a centurion uh, chewing gum on the sidelines? <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible. All right, this hour brought to you by Zero Res, smart, lasting, clean. What you got for Mike? Got a Mike. Speaking of uh, you know going completely off off the rails, man, we're going to talk about the cell phone that dropped 16,000 feet and yes. still survived. Uh, we're going to talk about my favorite show right now on Netflix. I binged it in two days over the weekend. And also, the AP poll, the college football poll, is out. I have problems, and it's not because Georgia is ahead of Alabama. He we'll talk about yesterday. that all on the other side. It's the Wednesday wraparound version of Mike'd Up on Sports Radio 92 on the game. It's more than just sports talk. This is the morning shift. I'm in. Me too. On Sports Radio 92 9, the game. It's time to rant. Excuse me? It's time to rage. It's time for Mic'd Up on the Morning Shift. Welcome back in. We got Mic'd Up Wednesday wraparound version of the Morning Shift here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Got a lot of things to talk about, man. The first thing, though, and I know this because this is probably, let's call it 36 hours old. The cell phone heard around the world that drops from the Alaska Airlines flight that had the side blow out of it falls 16,000 feet. I'm, most people have heard of this by now. I'm just still dumbfounded. What happened? There was an Alaskan Airlines flight up in Washington, I believe it was. Let me check that. Let me check my notes. Uh, yeah, Vancouver, okay. Washington, right? The side of the airplane blows off just in the middle of the flight, 16,000 oh, feet up. It wasn't the door? So just- what it is is... It's a, it, it's on some of this version of this airplane, it's a door, but on this one, they weren't using it as a door, so the format didn't call for that, so it basically was just plugged up. It was like a plugged up door. Right, so this this whole panel blows outside. The guy that's sitting close sucks his shirt off, right? Oh. A bunch of the cell phones go flying out, a bunch of the things in there. They have to make an emergency stop with this Alaska Airlines flight. Nobody was injured, shockingly. I don't know how it ended with such a, you know good news at the end of that. But it's crazy. They kind of put this, uh, the, the national, the NTSB puts out this note and says, hey, if you see anything, let us know. This guy's walking on the side of the road under a bush. He looks down. There's a cell phone still on airplane mode that has a, uh, a receipt from Alaska Airlines right there on the front of it. A receipt on the front of it? Right, for the, for the luggage, right? It was a luggage tag kind of receipt. Somebody had been looking at it on the flight and just put their phone away, and all of a sudden, it's gone. It the lands. luggage tag get right. That's great. That's great. Like the receipt for their luggage on their phone. It was an email that was popped Oh, they had yeah, oh. an email open. Okay, it was an email it, that it. was okay. open okay. on the so phone. So the phone but it was, survived? It yes. survived and still had half a charge because it was on airplane mode. Was it an iPhone or a droid? It was, an, it was an iPhone. Okay, well, so I'll, I'll stick I saw a picture then. of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a 16,000-foot drop. How did it, one, not even hit anybody? That's crazy, too, because you'd be like. Imagine if it hit like five feet to the right and hit the road. It, they, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell what it was. Did no. they get him a new or if shirt? Hit your head. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming they're probably they going to get him a whole lot more. I was going to say. I, was, I think everybody in that flight's going to be do a couple. Where new your seatbelts when uh, you're in your seat? Seriously, like how mm. terrifying is that yeah. if you like Stewart is just walking by? What <laughs> if you were just getting up to go to the bathroom at the time? Right. Well, you might have been. Uh, you might have been on the sidewalk with the phone. All right. Uh, 
We got to go into this AP poll stuff because I was I was Wait, I was sorry real quick. Did they return it? I was yeah. I was always curious. Had the yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it back? They, they, okay. So no, he sent it to it. the NTSB and they returned the phone. They cleared the information. That's your kept mouth. It. Okay, good crazy. Sorry. Oh, and you right. I, I still I'm still dumbfounded. Like... Hold it. Sixteen thousand feet. Um, all right, so we got to talk about this AP poll stuff. Yesterday, the college football AP poll, the final one of the season, comes out. Now, here's the thing. Slam dunk, I don't think anybody would have asked questions, maybe say for a few people, if you had just gone and ordered the top five and said, this team beat this team, because all of the top five had a head-to-head to put them in order, right? Michigan beats Washington, Washington beats Texas, Texas beats Bama, Bama beats Georgia. You kind of go down the line. All right, a lot of people, and, and I get it, man. Listen, I'm not coming at these people. A lot of people put Georgia in front of Alabama. Say, if they played, you know, if they played 10 times, Georgia might win the game 9 out of 10. If that's what you want to say, I'm fine with it. I believe head-to-head has to mean something. Bama, yes, they had two losses. Georgia had one. Now, Bama's two losses were top three teams for the most part. They lost to Michigan and lost to Texas. All right, but you want to put Georgia in front of Bama. The problem I had yesterday, why I was so on fire about this, <laughs> is none of these people that wanted to put Georgia there at three, I think there was only two voters that actually had the cojones to slide them in front of Washington. Like, if you believe Georgia's that team and you want to slide them to three, then why not put them in front of another one-loss team in front of Washington? And you're saying they only put them in front of Alabama. They put them in front of Alabama or FSU or whoever it is. And by the way, like I said, I don't have an issue with that. But if that's your line of thinking, can you really look at me and say that Georgia wouldn't beat Washington right now if they played on a neutral site? No, you can't. You can't look at you and say that they wouldn't. Can I say something? I'm not even talking about that part. It's I, I When you, you tweeted this uh, – I saw some of the replies, and some people were like, well, head-to-heads don't really matter. And it's funny that I hear that now because when Alabama was going to get in the playoff, they couldn't be in over Texas because of head-to-head. Right. And and it's it, we, pick and sh- we pick and choose in college football so much. That's going to be the best and worst part about the 12-team playoff. The best part is you can't pick and choose as much anymore because so many teams are getting in. The worst part is this fun conversation we're having right now is kind of dead. Yeah. Well, the, it, let me let me tell you the biggest and, issue I have. with There's too many personal vendettas in these AP polls. There's way too many. It's like, well, you know, I think Georgia's better than Alabama at this point. I I get it, man. Like, if you want to say that, fine. Then don't tell me they're not better than Washington. Some, some of it's personal vendettas, and the other is people voting in their region for those teams that they cover because they don't want to they don't want to upset said fan base. Let me give you a personal vendetta that really stuck out to me. All right. And there was a number and there's a couple guys in this market that I was really irritated with. But one of the ones that really sticks out to a lot of people, Matt Marshall for the Orlando Sentinel, his affiliations are UCF and Florida State. Let me give you his top eight. Michigan at one, Georgia at two. I'm fine with it. I'm good. Mizzou at, uh, I'm sorry, Washington at three, Mizzou at four, Oregon at five, Texas at six, Bama at seven, Ole Miss at eight. That's what he went with. So he left Florida State completely out. He 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 was like, oh man, I'm not going to be that homer. Uh, but then you slide all the way back, and you got Florida State back at ten for him. So he, he was like, I'm not going to be a homer, but I'm also going to make a statement with the fact that I don't think Bama was supposed to be up there. Like I said, man, I get it. There's just too many personal vendettas that are in this with a lot of these AP voters, and it just irks me to no end. So I'm going to leave it at that. But if you felt like Georgia needed to slide up to three, slide them all the way up to two. Slide them all the way up as far as you want to because I do think that they were probably a team that deserved to be in that conversation. It would Like, a lot of people did it, just said, hey, let's take the head-to-heads. But I just had an issue with the way some of that played out. If you have the cojones to move them up into three, then go ahead and slide them into two because Michigan obviously dominated Washington at the end of that game the other day. How crazy is that we were talking about in September this was going to be the the end of the, the, the Saban dominance and, and Bama is having an off year. And all they do is win the SEC, make the college football playoff, and their two losses were to the national champion in overtime. And, 
in overtime and the um, number three ranked team in the college football playoff uh, yeah. as far as semifinals. Like go. I said, I have no problem for people voting. If, if, George, if you thought Georgia was a better team than Bama at the end of the year because they went over Florida State and how and how bad Bama looked at times against Michigan, I'm good with it. But just go ahead and go the distance and slide them on up. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So I talked about this Netflix show. Guys, I binged a show for the first time in forever the other night. My wife and I sat down. We turned on Netflix. Oh, it's a good show. This British true crime uh, series came on. It's called Fool Me Once. I was like, eh, I'll watch the first episode and see where it goes. They're about 45 minutes long. By the end of night number two, we were done with the eight series, the eight episode series. And it was just crazy to me because I usually don't binge TV shows. Fool Me Once had me locked. Not going to give it away. The end was a little bit iffy for me, but there's just it's just crazy because I do feel like this is binge season. Like so this was is it, binge season. Uh, were there subtitles in this one? No, no, no. It's Brit- it was just it was, British. It's British. I feel like I, I saw this, they speak but I got English. I speak English and British. <laughs> I was going to say they're. I England. saw this, but I glossed over it. So maybe I should come back to well, it. Well, there is a movie that came out. I don't know if you saw this one, uh, the snowstorm movie about the, uh, the 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 flight in South America. I don't know all the things, but that that one had subtitles in the trailer okay. on on Netflix. But is there is an English version. Of, I think so. All right, I'm done with all this so. plane talk. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that I think that's the one where they eat each other and they have to you know one, like, it was like sixty days and one like two of them have to climb out for ten. It wasn't days based and, on like real events, was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I I stayed away from that one because I thought like most of the trailer was in Spanish, but it turns out there is an English version, so I'm gonna go back and watch that one. Pretty, Day Day uh, pretty didn't the Donner well. was it the Donner party? Was yeah, it the Donner party. Donner party that ate yeah. each other. Yeah. Too? Yeah. Why'd you ask Day Day that by the way? Because he's smarter than you. <laughs> he's hey, like, let me Day ask, Day, wasn't it the Donner let party? Me ask, let me Wait, ask what's you. Wait, like, why, why? I got to ask it's that question. A, it's, it was, question. Uh, it was a, they were traveling west or something, okay. and they Look, got stranded, and they, they, turn on each other. they started let's eating let, each other. Let me ask you a question. No, I'll let Mike keep if, going, because we're, we're almost. What would You're going to have to eat somebody. What's the first Don't bite? look at me. Don't What's, y'all look at me like that. Don't y'all look at me like that. Hold on. Don't look at me like you're the, about to harvest what, me. Okay? What is the first body part you would cook? Oh, it's it, listen, it's it's the thigh. That's you know a calf I mean? muscle. Like a chicken leg. You got like, a chicken leg. A calf um, muscle. Nah, man. You have more fat in, in the buttocks. <laughs> Right, the glute. Yeah, but don't. But I figured you'd be like, I want that lean meat. Don't want that fat. I think you're, I think we're past that point. What about we're, we're, a, we're harvesting each other? Because you can you got to cut the ribs. You can, you, you cut, can cut a rack off. of ribs okay. out. Oh. Like, hey, Gosh. there's no nutrients in those ribs. You've been on a that's why. Of, hey, okay. that is why shut, you carry W it, sauce it. with you everywhere you go because then you can pour it on that meat. Right. Put it on there. Finally, with 30 seconds left, I don't know. Everybody saw that Tiger Woods and Nike are splitting yesterday. Top Golf put out. They're looking for a you know a, a new exec within their front office. But everything it listed as you needed to have, I don't know, there's 82 tour wins, all these appearances, all these majors. Looks like Tiger Woods and Top Golf will be pairing up, uh, and, and they'll be hooking up in the steed of the Nike and Tiger Golf split. So I that's interesting to keep an eye on. Top Golf doesn't sell like Top Golf gear, do they? Or is it just some new partnership you know, in like Top Golf? I, I, maybe maybe they're trying to. Maybe that's the route they're going to try to go, start selling their own swag. I don't know, but he's going to be some kind of brand ambassador. It seems like for Top Golf, I'm sure there will be an announcement coming out pretty soon. Interesting. All right, that is your mic'd up. Uh, up next is the wake-up call, so you can weigh in on Mike's list. You can also weigh in on who you think should be the Falcons' new head coach. You can also weigh in on if you've had trouble finding pants this morning um, or if you've, uh, you know, had to mute a friend that or, messaged you too much. Or That's if you're wearing dirty <laughs> drawers like Tiffany. Or if nobody call prepared us, you for three-year-old life. Call us at 404-726-0929. That's next on the Morning Shift on Sports Radio. 929 The Game. We're up all night to get some. We're up all night.